Sam Elgin. K270CO Round Rock. Guests on the horn appear courtesy of the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina is located on Highway 360, just south of West Bank Drive. Zone with TJ and Cody Ryan, live from the bunkhouse. It's the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse. Yeah, it's just an old tin shack on the back of the ranch, but we call it home every Sunday morning, 7 to 9, right here on 1049 The Horn, or 24-7-365 at theoutdoorzone.com, or on our Facebook, The Outdoor Zone, or even on iTunes at The Outdoor Zone. Uh, this is your deer shooting, flounder gigging, dub blasting, hog dogging, bass catching, mountain climbing, fly fishing, four wheeling, adrenaline junkie, outdoor zone radio show broadcast from the bunkhouse. Yeah, that's right, right here on 1049 The Horn. I'm TJ Graney, that's Cody Ryan, and Beefsteak is in the house. Oh, yeah. Salt Dog is the guy who gets here early and makes sure the gate gets open, the old pot belly stove gets cranked up. It is the number one outdoor show on radio, and you're tuned in on a beautiful Texas Sunday morning, a little bit overcast, but no potential rain, I don't think, in the (laughs) forecast. So I was told good we had, let's see, we had a little bit of rain yeah. chance uh, Tuesday. We've got a little bit of rain chance. Going to be 102 tomorrow, but then drops back down. We've got another cold front coming in, only a 95. <laughs> nice. That's the high on Tuesday. I do like that. And not supposed to break 100 uh, the rest of the week. So this is going to be a great week. Well, be great boating weather, right? fun because it's August and August is upon us. and Five degrees makes all the difference. One of the things about August is that it's 30 days out from dove season. Yes. And Wednesday begins the official countdown. 31 days from Wednesday. I was out at the um ranch, one of my buddy's ranches and yesterday and got to help him work on some of the feeders and doing some stuff around there and and uh there were dove everywhere. It's right on the Llano River, and they were just moving up and down that river. And he's just giddy about dove hunting, just absolutely giddy about it. And so uh, we were looking at, at uh, you know, how to get ready for Spots. dove season. Yeah, where, where to, to mow. And Cody and I, I told him, I said, last year, Cody and I were over here by this pond, and we weren't shooting like you guys were shooting over there by the river. So we're going to change our location <laughs> this year to the river flyway. And because uh, remember, we were listening to them, and they were just going nuts down there, limiting out. And we were, yeah, we were just getting the onesie twosies, which I, I'm fine hunting onesie twosie, but I sure do like it when it's 
a little it, bit, a little bit more. It's been a while since I've had one of those absolute dove hunts where you know you're done by nine o'clock on opening morning and. Uh, well, where we, where us three have been hunting in right. Butte, Kyle, there's now a school and a neighborhood. I was thinking maybe we should just go return, just go back there. No, no, no. <laughs> that's against. But the that's law. Uh, but the thing about that was we'd get that morning flush. Oh yeah, and it was like, it was like Pearl Harbor. Yeah, it was like, it was like five like, minutes. Brrr. It was five minutes or right. It was Flurry really ten real, maybe at the most. Yeah, and then you'd just have onesie twosies, and the mm. evening hunt I think was. Could be a little bit better, but um, you know that that spot we don't have that spot. We don't have a local hunting dove hunting spot anymore. So no, no. so I'm I'm working on making sure that within we, an hour we get a yeah <laughs> we got a little something something you know because we're gonna need it come thirty days from now. Yeah, thirty. Wow. Well, well thank thirty you for four doing days. That. Thirty four days. And in the, in the south season, there's been a big change in the. In the schedule, South Season's opening earlier now than it's uh, than it's been in years. So South Season's opening September fourteenth. It hadn't been since nineteen fifty that you could hunt the South Season. So it's right on the heels of, you know, a lot of guys will hunt north, and then you want the good news or you want the bad news? Bad news. Okay, bad news comes that the uh, next Bassmaster Open that I'm scheduled to fish is September, uh, starts September 6th, 7th, and 8th. The last Bassmaster Central Open to be held on Logan Martin Lake in Alabama. That is one week before my wife is expected to have our first child. And dude, you planned you, that out all wrong. You, you Mr. Granny, Mr. TJ Granny, oh, well, I'll have be, agreed to ride shotgun with me in the event so we're that I be need in to, Alabama. The event that I need to to fly back, you can drive my boat and truck back, and uh, or I could, we're uh, supposed to leave. Or I could just put on a pair of sunglasses, wear my hat down low, and go and talk high. Hi, I'm Cody. I know I've nah. I take this trophy and this award <laughs> as first place. Uh, I've got a little bit of a cold, and it's been a long dry spell don't for feel, me. Don't but don't want to be hanging out too long. We are scheduled to leave wow. August thirtieth or thirty first. <laughs> oh man, we're missing all that. So. Really? I wonder, what's the dove? Can we get an out-of-state dove? (laughs) We can hunt in the mornings and then fish in, like, the (laughs) mid-mornings? Ask for a late start. So, yes. Can we be boat 279? (laughs) We're going to volunteer. Put my hand up right now. (laughs) I'll take last boat. Uh, So that is uh, another conundrum that I'm running into, because somehow I've got to go to Alabama, fish that tournament, Come home, have a baby. Get a couple of days of dove hunting in, and then I'm supposed to have a baby. Yeah, how am I supposed to go? This, this is not good for my dove season. You should have thought about that back. Uh, you know, if it timing. was anything but my first granddaughter, I would, I would be upset. But here's what we got: the gotta princess do. can have authority Whatever over. She wants. Yeah. Here's Maybe what you we got to do. Dove season this year. Here's huh? what you. I'll gotta, find dove. Now, here's what you've got to help me do, Mister TJ Graney, is you have got to help me convince our doctor to go ahead and induce this baby a few oh. weeks early. Three weeks early is all we well, need. Well, typically, <laughs> listen, <laughs> all we need. listen. Three weeks early is all we need. So it's not can, like getting your appendix out. You just no. blow blow in there, and twelve hours later, yeah, it's not that big a deal anymore. So we get this baby wow. born, right? And then you don't even have to go with me to Alabama. I can leave to go to Alabama, get plenty of sleep, fish the tournament, and get plenty of sleep. See how that works? I'll sleep in every day in preparation of, Wrong. Ha- of coming home to either. this baby. You won't even be thinking about fishing and when you can hunt. happens. And nah. you'll, you'll make September 1st stuff season. You're going to get up there, and you're going to have bass, and you're going to go, I like these bass, but they're nothing like that baby, that baby. I just had. That's right. <laughs> this even though this bass weighs eight ounces, eight pounds, six ounces, my baby was nine pounds, baby, seven ounces. Right, right, exactly. I got FaceTime. 
But uh, not, you, yeah, that ain't you won't work. even think about it. You watch. You're going to say, I'm just not going. So they we'll got um, thousands well, of dollars invested in this deal. You'll see her little twinkly eyes looking you at you. Thousands of dollars, and you you don't and have near the money invested <laughs> in fishing. <laughs> the whole time you've been fishing, and everything you're going to do in the future isn't even close to what that girl's going to cost you. So whoa, opening of general dove season's a little bit earlier. Uh, it's September 14th in the South Zone, so dove season is coming. So there was a little bit of talk about. Hunting around deer uh, feeders, right? And for dove season, and what that looks like, and a hunter may not hunt migratory birds with the aid of bait or on or over any baited area. Hunt over any baited air or hunt over any baited area until ten days after all baiting material have been removed. So if you're putting Milo out to get your dove into your zone or you know little little something something out to get the dove in there it must be yeah, but gone if you plant, it must be gone 10 days before so if you plant in, no that's a, no not, not talking about plant i'm talking it. about guys go to the feed store and buy bags of milo okay. and they start putting it out to kind of get their fields get the birds coming that direction yeah. but you ha- you can't it doesn't say stop doing it 10 days before it's got to be gone 10 days before cleaned up so the birds got to have eaten it up, mm-hmm. or you got to go in and clean it up. I've heard of guys cleaning up uh, areas. Uh, also, we've talked about actual deer feeders that spit out corn and how close you can hunt to those. I don't see where it says a specific distance, distance away, right. but uh, I have read online several reports where guys have talked to game wardens, and I've actually spoken to a game warden directly about this, and I've heard... A minimum of 100 yards away from a, any deer feeder is what I've not, always yeah, but heard. But what we're arguing about is that's not on the books anywhere. I do not see it on the books, but you, I mean, that it's is. not a law. It is a law. Well, you, well first I, of all, you know, it's a in law Texas, that you can't hunt over. Those things, it's, hunt over, but I mean, you know, that's like sitting in the blind so or standing right So it's a right subjective, there. I it mean, is. what's hunting over? Standing on it? Standing over it? So everything I've read in every game warden I've talked to is a 100-yard minimum distance away from a deer feeder then there'll be no questions is what you're saying then you want no questions you want no questions especially if you got a kid with you you don't want to teach them that there's a big chunk of wiggle room yeah the little wiggle room but there's not a it's big black and though. white on some of that stuff right now nah, black with and game white. Come on. it is peter right. report up next it's the outdoor zone the number one outdoor radio show in texas we're going to talk uh, that. We'll wrap Let's up. Let's finish up our boat talk, We'll wrap too. up uh, beefsteaks, boats. I, I need your boat advice. fiasco He's... that could have been avoided. I just sent you a text on what that wire is that I you crossed. I couldn't even see your text, by the way, so it's not helping. <sighs> well, that's probably part of your problem. <laughs> oh, I see the optometrist we this week as well. <laughs> it's the Outdoor Zone Live in the Bunkhouse. You get it one place right here on the Horn, 104.9 plus 24-7-365 at the Outdoor Zone dot com Hanging in the bunkhouse with my buddies TJ and Cody Ryan only on the outdoor zone yeah, the other night I met this hot country mama she's looking fine I think all right welcome yeah, back it's the outdoor zone Live in the bunkhouse, McBride's Gun, Central Texas Family Unoperated. Need a referral for your personal carry class or anything to do with guns or ammo? McBride's Guns is your place. An experienced professional staff will help you with every step of gun ownership. Need a personal carry firearm? Check out all styles and types. Need to get need to get fit for that shotgun before dove season? Get professional help from the staff at McBride's. That's where Cody Ryan went and got his uh, Satori yes. shotgun. And, Browning Satori over and under, 20 uh, gauge. Fit perfectly for him. If you're looking for that youth model shotgun for Dove season, go where the guys know what they're talking about. You'll find McBride's in the same place they've been for years, corner of 30th and Lamar. Call them at 512-472-3532 or online at McBride'sGuns.com. McBride's Guns is our hometown gun shop. Now it's time for this week's PETA report. 
They are anti-hunting, anti-fishing, anti-meat, anti-you and your family's outdoor heritage. It's time for the Outdoor Zone's PETA Report, because we love animals too. They taste great. Well, here they go again. Now that Baltimore City Healthy Kids Meals Bill has been has banned sodas and other sugary drinks from children's menus at restaurants, PETA sent a letter today urging Baltimore Mayor Kathy Pug to extend that ban to cow's milk, which is loaded with saturated animal fat and cholesterol and contains no fiber or carplet complex carbohydrates cow's milk has been linked to everything from acne to allergies to constipation to ear infections <laughs> says PETA vice president PETA is urging baltimore to protect both cows and children children's health by putting milk on the banned list right alongside sugary sodas so i do you want to go and read their motto what they think of this this is ridiculous. Animals why, why are, are not doing? ours to abuse in any way. Well, I have to yeah, agree in some instance. Uh, for the first time in history, from them can be. <laughs> and it said, you know, they they, you know, sugar loss, blah blah blah. But they spare mothers' cows the trauma of their calves being stolen from them, so that their milk can be consumed by humans. For the now, first time in history, that's what they I agree th- with PETA. Being a non-milk drinking fan, we're the only animal that drinks another animal's milk. We're the only creature well, that drinks another animal's milk. Well, that's because the alternative is a lo- not exactly. Well, socially, we do a lot of stuff. Socially too. We acceptable. We eat every animal's. We eat meat from animals, and we do. other animals do that. Well, yeah, not all of them. Think about it. It's kind of going to screw you up a little bit now. No, it's not going to screw me up at all. (laughs) I'm all in on that dairy thing. You rip those calves away and give me that mama milk. (laughs) That's right. Hey, I signed up. uh, So, uh, if you've ever had milk that comes straight out of the old container when you're when you're milking, nothing like it. And it comes that big, and it's a chilling tank, and all the cream rises to the very top. And there's a ladle, and you just scrape that cream right That's where that off the came top, man. From. Boom. Yep. Take the cream. Yep. I've been told it my whole life, and I just never understood where yeah. it came from. A fully from. restored 1972 K5 Blazer. That's you a can, good uh, truck. Mossy Oaks doing a giveaway. K, it's called the GK5 Giveaway. And uh, you can go to gkgiveaway.com, gkgiveaway.com, and they're not paying us or promoting. And, you know, I probably shouldn't have said anything, so less people are signing up. So, <laughs> But, I, man, you look at that blazer. Fully yeah. restored 1972 Custom Gamekeeper Edition K5 blazer. And it's got this Jasper engine and transmission in it with a 100,000-mile warranty. So it's not just something that's just... Yeah. You know, a little armor all and a little camo paint. I mean, it is gorgeous. They upgraded the whole brake system. It's not oh, a, I, I would already. love that. It's not a Cody Ryan hunting truck. No, it's not. But Let's spray paint it and call it good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would love that K5. That is That's a cool. beautiful, beautiful you could, vehicle. Uh, probably pull your boat with it. Too, I would imagine. Speaking of, we'll wrap up. Beefsteak had quite the fiasco at the boat ramp. Uh, his boat got first stuck time. on the boat ramp. Uh, first time he's taken it out all year. No, no, no. First time I've ever had any difficulties at all. And first time he's taken it out all no, year. No, it's not and true. And he uh, didn't put the plug in. No, water, it didn't happen that way. I was the, teaching. The the plug came out the plug came mysteriously. Out. Yeah. And uh, the boat filled up with water, and the electronics on the trim burned up. And it didn't burn up, but it, they became they inoperable. Uh, you have, just hadn't figured that part out yet. Okay. <laughs> and uh, they're burned up, for sure. And uh, you couldn't figure out how to get the boat out without dragging the motor. Um, so <clears throat> yeah, there is you... a cross. There is a crossway that you can override on the motor itself. You can you can undo a plug and, and raise that trim. Uh, directly from the motor if you have power. So there's a way to do that. You should need to research that. Plus, you should always carry a small toolbox in your boat not, so you're not, not relying on your truck because if you're floating out in the middle of the lake, your truck tools are not going to do you any good. So you should always carry some a, a small toolbox yep. 
a uh, tackle box with a couple of wrenches. But you got to have a real beefy screwdriver when it's really wide. A good screwdriver, a, a good pair of channel locks, needle nose pliers are important to have on the boat, um, a good uh, pair of uh, uh, Phillips head and flathead uh, screwdriver, plus a good pair of clippers, you know, like a wire cutters, a good mm-hmm. thick pair of wire cutters. These are just my suggestions from times that I have. Uh, plus, you need to apparently you need to go in and check your bilge pump or acknowledge your bilge pump if you're if you're. I didn't I didn't recognize it. No, if it's pumping. So what you're telling the pro tip, as I will call it now, is if you put it in the water and your bilge pump immediately starts peeing out the right. side of your boat, then pull, pull the boat out. You got to go. Oh, that's a that's a sign. It's an immediate sign. You should have an automatic bilge pump. So yeah. everybody should have a switch bilge pump as well, mm-hmm. kind of an override. But you should have an automatic where if it gets water in it, it just starts pumping out. Didn't even think about it, you know, because sometimes when you first start out, you'll stop real quick and you'll get that wave over the back and, you know, fill up a little bit and it'll pump some water out. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. Well, so, all these are things because I remember when we bought our first boat, we had one test drive. They sold us a. 16 foot champion bass boat and we hooked it up to the truck and drove <laughs> go, down go get it and we just went to learn how to do it and yeah i mean these and are 30 I, and I years need, of i need uh, to uh be careful not to be judgmental because been there done that every one of those things i was fishing with my mom in that brand new bass boat floating down lady bird no lake austin mm-hmm. fishing the docks on lake austin and i was in the front of the boat in the little bass seat fishing away and mom was in the back and she said hey why is there water all in the bottom of the boat and because <laughs> i had foot forgot to put the plug in and it was starting to fill up the i mean it was that much water and said get off go get on plane and then find a place put the plug in and then bilge it out and so that's a good tip too if you if you do have a boat filling up with water uh getting it on plane will push a lot of that water yeah and then jump out and get the plug in and then let that bilge pump do what it does right you could have easily it easily just pushed one of those kids in the water giving them a plug and they could have swam under there and plugged it up pretty far under there yeah yeah, okay. well, we, it's not that far. It's doable. So the the other thing it's under that, a shelf. I mean, you can't. Yeah. The okay. other thing you that I always carried in the boat, and it was really because you know after a few years it was an, an older boat, but uh, fuel line, just a little bit of hose line, and even more so zip ties were a huge repair item. <laughs> yeah. You know, zip ties. I can't tell you how many times something. You know a. A bolt would fall out. It would shake loose and fall out of the throttle cable or whatever. And a zip tie or two would, you know, be the rescue item for that uh, mm. for that fix on it. And uh, and I we had weird things happen. We were going across Choke Canyon one time, and boom, one of the batteries blew up in the back of the boat. And uh, you know, I don't remember what it was or if we ever figured out what it was that crossed you know uh those two uh positive negative side but you know you you could feel it you could see it you could hear it and uh so stuff happens on a boat it's just gonna right but what do you do when this stuff happens right i mean who do you call well, that's how you and that's what, good you know i've done the same thing you did was you call somebody i remember cody had he had that same problem where his motor was stuck down and he called some guy or i can't remember drive. what it was and they said tap here and he went tap tap, and it engaged and it lifted the motor up. Hmm. Wasn't yeah. that right? Well, well no, it t- told me about the wires to cross that I was talking about, and that was on a bigger motor. But yeah, sometimes on some of those older motors, the starter—if uh, you know where the starter is—you should know where the starter is and be able to tap on it because if it won't turn over, you know, sometimes on some of those older motors, you can do a little tap tap a I actually had a buddy who had a boat, and he kept a little hammer in the back of it. Uh, for the tap tap because it was a <laughs> consistent issue. And uh, so there's a lot of those things that uh, you just kind of learn trial and error. Yeah, I, but people don't want to go out with you if you have all these, uh, you know, you're not prepared or, or you have these difficulties. Well, well and you know what helps? It's real you know negative. what helps with that? Maybe. It's consistent use. 
up the oh boat and going out on the water well, you and just being familiar learn your boat. with it and you yeah, learn it you and do. it becomes That's true. It becomes an extension of what you do, who you are, you got your systems down, you don't forget your systems, you don't forget your routes. Uh, on checking things, double checking things, and so, so I made a quick list of five boat. five things: tools, like you said, a toolkit yep. with a big blade. Know where your manual trim override is. Just know where it is. Go look for it today, and and figure out where that is. Um, also, a tire iron for your trailer. It turns out I don't even have one. It, you know, it's not the same as the truck, and it wasn't on. There isn't a place on the trailer. It turns out it was at home. Not that I needed it this time, but I went and checked that, and I would have been, you know what? Yeah. I would have had to I call somebody. I carry a in my truck. Uh, jumper cables, um, I think, are important. Absolutely. Extra long ones. The beautiful thing about jumper cables, and I carry a set in my boat, is if you have a battery go dead, or your starting battery uh, go dead, you can cross over from one of your other batteries, your trolling battery or whatever. Yeah, you yeah. can just hook it up. Cross it over just to get enough juice to crank your battery and back TJ up. And TJ zip ties, and then, of course, a multi-tool. And a nickel. You always got to have a nickel with you. little spare change <laughs> yeah. so you could use it uh, to un- lift your trim motor up if you have to on the dock. But I'll tell you what. There are no friends on the boat dock when you're having a problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay? I'll just let you know. Everybody drives but, by. But, you know, there's plenty ignore. of guys out there that I have seen, even in tournaments, where they will stop their fishing. Not and many. help a fellow guy pull a boat in. Seen it, done it. Yes. Be that guy. Be that guy. There you Don't go. Don't be the beefsteak. Be what? the guy that helps <laughs> no, beefsteak. Beef yeah. I would help. Yeah, be I would say that. The it's the end. Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse. You only get it one place. Live Sunday morning, 7 to 9 on 1049 The Horn or 24-7-365 at theoutdoorzone.com. Foxworthy, and you're listening to two of my favorite rednecks, TJ and Cody, on the Outdoor Zone. All right, welcome back. It's the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse. Number one outdoor show on radio. I'm TJ Granny. That's Cody Ryan. Beefsteak is going to. Get ready at church for a launch of his Kids Outdoor Zone group at Vertical Chapel in Butikyle. So that's a great thing. Sun Auto Service is another great thing. Each and every person at Sun Automotive works hard to demonstrate that they take pride in what they do. And they want to be the place you bring your vehicle anytime it needs scheduled maintenance and repair. Cody and I both take our vehicles. Cody Ryan and I both take our vehicles over there, and uh, you can trust them and count on them to help you with all those things. Before you go on that summer trip, especially if it's hot out or maybe your AC's not working right, go check them out at uh, go to Sun Auto Service, our, our little family locations at 405 West Slaughter Lane. There's one at 1300 Medical Parkway in Cedar Park, one at 1403 Rivery Boulevard in Georgetown and Lakeway. 1206 Ranch Road 620. Just go to sunautoservice.com for details. You can also um, you can also follow them on Facebook, and they put a lot of coupons and special stuff up on Facebook. So that's pretty good. Now it's time for this week's Armed Citizens Report. Today, legal firearm owners are protecting themselves and their families across the nation. These acts of courage and valor are seldom reported throughout the liberal media. The Outdoor Zone wants you to know the truth. This is the Armed Citizens Report for the week. How many of us, KHOU's Michelle Coy asked earlier this week, have showed up, shown up to your house, your driveway late at night, gotten out of your car thinking everything is safe? One human, one Houston woman did exactly that recently and got attacked by two men intending to conduct a home invasion robbery. Unfortunately for the perpetrators, 
they chose the wrong target. Her husband, when he saw what was going on, grabbed their his pistol, and when they came in the house, he shot them both. One in the head. He didn't go very far. The other one got away. Um, but another case of uh, personal carry, licensed firearm owner protecting his family from home invasion. It happens. I it like happens. That. Are you going to be prepared is the question. Michigan conservation officers rescue Montague woman from Manistee River. This is uh, it kind of goes along with that stuff you were talking about, Cody, earlier, where the river flooding and all the debris. Quick action of two Michigan Department of Natural Resources conservation officers earlier this month resulted in a successful water rescue, saving a woman from drowning in the Manistee River. Uh, Colonel Officer Sam Kosky and Scott McNeil were conducting Marine Patrol on the river in Manistee County when they noticed a distressed female in a fast flowing wa- in fast flowing water located north of Tippy Dam. Elizabeth Aldrich, 22, of Montague, Michigan, was wrapped around a log being pulled by the current. Her head was barely above the water. Aldridge and her friends were swimming when the strong current took her further into the river. One of Aldridge's friends was trying to reach the log where Aldridge was stuck but struggled against the current. Um, Many times a year, the DNR conservation officers are involved in saving lives while responding to life-threatening calls. Uh, But it said here that uh, that log, let's say, uh, McNeil, when she was, she grabbed that log, had, had the conservation officers not shown up, how long I would have rested on that log trying to pry hooks off. And so this log had fishing line on it oh. and fish hooks. And somehow she got entangled in the fishing line and the hooks embedded in her arms and that's why she couldn't let go of it it was dragging her under kind of rolling with the current it was taking her down the river and she couldn't do anything about it and so they finally got to her the the hooks were in her her it says aldridge's legs became entangled in additional hooks and line and so she's all caught up hooks and line in this log and the uh, and they're trying oh. to like get this log and pull it up and get her off and unhook her and untangle her and oh, it's like a fishing nightmare. So anyway, uh, wake up screaming. So Michigan, from that dream. those guys are dealing with you know flooding waters and yeah, uh, north and, apparently they same have a stuff lot of rain. we hear about here. So, yeah. but anyway, yeah. you were going to tell you and uh, Salt Dog. Salt Dog has had his share of uh, young man boating. Yes, so uh, incidents, and so you had pretty much free reign of the bass boat when you got to age old enough to pull it behind your own truck. Yeah, so eighteen, I uh, came home from my first semester of college with a buddy of mine, and a good buddy of mine, Seth, and still a good buddy uh, lives here in town. Sometimes listens to the show, but he. Uh, he and I thought, okay, well, uh, man, we're in Austin, Texas. Uh, we both like hunting and fishing. My dad's got a boat. Let's take the boat out and do a little night fishing. You know, it was a hot summer day and uh, first year in college. Um, so we were going out to the lake. And uh, for whatever reason, we hooked it up to his truck to tow it out to the lake. I, I can't remember the reason why, but we hooked up, uh, hooked up the boat, the champion, the the old champion hooked it up to the to his truck. Mean sixteen. Mean sixteen. So beforehand, <clears throat> I wanted to be the good steward of of Dad's boat. It was Dad's at the time, and wanted to be a good steward. So I went around and I checked the oil and everything. Uh, and back then, you had to fill the oil in the actual motor itself. It was, um, you know, the oil reserve was in the motor, so I took the cowling off and checked the oil. So. To check it properly, you got to trim it down. And so I had trimmed the motor down, checked the oil, trimmed it back up, but didn't put the little lock 
lever deal back up and hooked the boat up that night we uh took off and we're driving down the down the highway heading towards lake travis we we're going to go fish the lights on some of the docks at night and we're driving down and a guy waves at us and starts you know waving us down and freaking out you know and so uh we pull over to the side of the road and um i thought naturally i thought oh we threw a rod or something out of the boat or a rod's bounced out or something and um so i'm kind of in panic mode i open up the passenger side of the truck step out of the truck turn around and look and i knew instantly the motor was down and i knew uh i i was hypersensitive to it because just a month prior you had gotten the lower unit replaced and so it was a brand new lower unit and I turn around and the motor's all the way down. And so I instantly knew what happened. I walked back there and noticed the skag was worn all the way down to a millimeter of the prop. But the prop hadn't touched. Prop was in perfect condition. It's just the skag was shorter, a lot shorter, half the size it was. And uh, so I trimmed it up. All that worked fine. Trimmed it up, put the motor toter back on there, and decided, okay, I'm not going to call Dad yet. I'm going to get to the lake. I'm going to put it in the water. I'm going to drive it around and test it out. And that way, there's no question as to, you know, he's not freaking out or whatever. I can propose this as a... Hopefully, hopefully I can propose this as the boat runs fine. We had a little malfunction, rubbed off a little bit of paint on the skag kind of deal. And uh, and sure enough, got to the lake, dropped the boat in the water, ran the boat for 30 minutes. Here's the part I probably have never told you. So we launched the boat. One of. Now, this is this is this is it. This will be the final thing I've never told you <laughs> ever today. And uh, launched the boat. We idle out of the little cove that we were in. <clears throat> the sun has gone down at this time. You know, we're going to fish the lights at night. The sun's down, idling out. So I thought, I need to run this. I need to get it on pad and run it, you know, and do some turns and make sure that it's turning fine without a skag and make sure that, you know, it operates and it handles correctly. So I get it up on pad. I start trimming it up. You know, we're up. On plane, I start trimming it up, and boom! <laughs> the motor, I, the motor flies out of the water and dies. And I, of course, my heart sank again. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" And I look back, and there's a floating two by four floating in the water that I had just smoked with that motor. And uh, and this was, I was probably got it on pad and was like. Like, oh, thank God, the motor runs fine. It's not vibrating. It's not making a weird noise. Thank God. I'm probably 20 seconds into this thought process of, all right, I think we're good. And boom, I hit that two by four. The motor flies out of the water. You know, that boat, that little 16-foot boat went through more chaos. And But I'll tell you. But I look back, and that floating two by four, and I was like, what are the odds? We had not had a flood. There were no... There was no rain. There was nothing. Just a random floating two-by-four in a giant body of water. And I happened to hit it it that night, that time. So, again, I had to start the process over. Now I'm, like, puckered up. Like, man, I can't hit another two-by-four. Like, I've been given enough chances on this deal. (laughs) I've worn down the skag. I've hit a two-by-four. So got it up on plane for about two seconds, said, Everything works great. Nothing's rattling. Nothing's making a noise. We put it down. Shut it down. Trolling shut it motor. down. And <laughs> we got on the trolling motor and fished our way back in the rest of the night. And uh, took it home. And I I guess the next day said, hey, Dad, rubbed a little paint off the skag and uh, learned that little lesson. Um, 18 years old. It's not like the belt came out or anything anymore. But I, I got to go back to college on Monday. So I really only had to hear about it for a couple of hours and then. Well, you know, that college boat, is calling. Got to go back and study. That <laughs> boat lasted 
a great while. And matter of fact, and after that, interesting, interesting. So when you got out of college, you used it and started fishing your tournaments. And then we agreed. I agreed to let you sell it and use whatever to get to your next boat. And well, no, what we did was out of college is um, they had a great finance program at the local truck dealership. Uh, you didn't have to have a job. You didn't have to have any money. Just college graduate. All you had to do was be a college graduate, and they'd give you $30,000 for a brand-new truck. <laughs> Idiots. Well, I took advantage of that and brought home a brand-new truck. And uh, and so we traded. Remember, we swapped the truck for the boat. And so at that point, I took the boat, had a brand-new truck, and that's when I started fishing with it. And then we both – you sold the truck, I sold the boat, and – so we went the, on down the road. And the boat, that little 16-foot champion, I, I had a nostalgic heart about a year ago and wanted to find out if it was even still out there. Yeah. Because I was thinking, I'll just buy it and re, re, restore, re, it. restore it, have it restored. It'd be cool to have that boat back. Yeah. And I actually found the guy who owns it. Yeah, you did. And he lives within 100 miles of here. And I wrote him a letter because I couldn't find any contact, anything but his address. Wrote him a letter, and he ended up calling me. And uh, and he's got it all patched up, and he uses it to go fishing and catfishing and him and his buddies, and they're fishing out of it. And I tried to talk him into selling it to me, and I even highballed him, you know, more than it was, surely more than it was worth. Yeah. And, uh, and he didn't want to sell it, and he hadn't called me yet, so... Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't pay the highball price anymore. I'd 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 take it if it was cheap, you yeah. know. But I'd love to have that boat back. Well, we know how those boat restoration projects go with you and I. I'd pay somebody to do it. I wouldn't <laughs> do it myself. Thank God, finally come to your senses. All right, it's the outdoor zone. Up next, we'll wrap this thing up. You get the number one outdoor radio show every Sunday from seven to nine a.m. right here. On 1049 The Horn. Also, check us out on iTunes. You just search The Outdoor Zone. You can find us free on iTunes 24 7, 365. Also at TheOutdoorZone.com. Forestdale Wood, and you're listening to the Outdoor Zone. Fish on. It's finally here. Today's the day I had a 12.50 yards away. But I got a different kind of hunting on my mind. I got my baby up in my dear blind. Country music on the radio for the real tree camouflage sheets down low. Life is good, girl, you're looking fine. All right, welcome back. It's the Outdoor Zone Live in the Bunkhouse. There's a certain point in every hunter's life when they need when they step to the next level and begin to hunt with a bow. Archery Country is the only true archery shop in Austin. The very best brands, Matthews, Elite, Hoyt, full-time professional techs to help you with every step of the adventure, no matter your skill level. All the gear, targets, arrows, and accessories. Uh, man, there's only one true archery shop, and yes, they have an air-conditioned inside. So if you're going on your elk hunt and you need to practice, yes, which you have your buddy coming in from Colorado needs to get his bow tuned up and yep. shoot that thing and get it in shape, well, this is the place to go. There's only one place to go, and that's archery country. You can find them at 8121 Research Boulevard. You can uh, track them easiest at austinarcherycountry.com, austinarcherycountry.com, and uh, they'll help you with everything you need as far as archery goes. We talked a little bit about dove season coming up here in just uh, 30, was it like 33 days? Yep. Dove season First starts. First of September. I just saw Come a on. white wing fly across the window here at the bunkhouse. Beautiful. So they're starting to move around. But uh, you need to make sure, and something that... <laughs> I am the worst at, so I'm not just saying it, I I need to live this, is is get your license early. They go on sale August 15th, 
license, new licenses. Yeah, instead of the night before. I do it every year, the <laughs> night before. And then you got to go to, like, you know, the Walmart, and you got to find somebody that knows how to turn on the machine, and you're just praying that they give you the right license yeah, or push the so right button. It's so much better to just go to Cabela's or Bass Pro. Just do get it. Get your dang license. Just do just it like casually. August 16th, you know, yeah. and, and it's not a giant line. You're not in the stress out mode. You're not in the find somebody that can run the machine mode or stand in the two hour long line. You know, you don't want to go the Friday before season opens uh, after, you know, afternoon. You can. Either. Well, you can. Done it plenty of times, but it's just, yeah, reminder. I think I've done it once early, and it was like, it Too was Too weird, like so, so you peaceful. quit doing it? <laughs> yeah. It was so peaceful. It was like, you get your license, no line, no stress. You can have a conversation with the person doing it, make sure that they, you know, get are all HIP the, certified. Yeah, and you get, get all your, your stuff on it. You get all your yeah. stuff, your hunting uh hunting class or what what's it called hunting ed, ed stuff on there yeah, you get yeah, all your stuff yeah, marked on there yeah. you don't have to worry about it make sure that it's the super combo with the saltwater stamp and the yeah. migratory game bird stamp and you get buy your duck stamp so they mail it to you and yeah it's so much nicer so go early august 15th they go on sale so august 15th you can get your new hunting license that's just uh two weeks out man Two weeks out before you can buy your new license. An Ada County resident was drawn for the Idaho grizzly bear hunt and has been notified by Idaho Fish and Game, which by law cannot disclose the name of the hunter. There were 1,272 people who applied for the single grizzly bear tag, which was open only to Idaho residents. It will be used in portion. Uh, it will be used in a portion of eastern Idaho, and the hunt is scheduled for September first through November fifteenth. However, there is a chance the hunt may not happen due to pending litigation in federal court. All unsuccessful hunters who applied for the grizzly bear tag will receive their tag fees refund ref, tag fee refunds by August twenty. Only the tag fee will be refunded. A fund. A refund will not be issued for hunting license apply applications or convenience fees. The grizzly bear population in greater Yellowstone ecosystem has recovered since being listed as endangered in the 1970s, and the population has met federal recovery criteria since the early 2000s. In 2007, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service removed greater Yellowstone grizzly bears from the Endangered Species Act list. The conservation strategy for the greater Yellowstone eco-grizzly population, which includes Idaho, Wyoming, and Montana, includes hunting as a management tool when the population is more than 600 bears. There you go. There it is. (laughs) Hunters working with conservation groups and managing populations. Now the grizzly bear population grizzly bear not black bear right these are the big boys right is at the peak and now they have to consider okay how do we manage this population so they don't because the the male grizzly bears will kill the cubs of the of the the baby grizzly bears they'll go in and i mean they kill elk calves i mean it's just like anything else they got to be managed because they're in a specific area they can't just be anywhere. You know, I was looking at a deal the other day on buffalo. Bison. Bison used to cover almost the full United States. Yeah, American bison. I mean, it was incredible. There was millions and millions and millions and millions of them. Yeah. And they, in like a short period of time, like 10 years, wiped them out. Yeah. They would have trains that would just drive through. And they would just shoot them and leave them lying. Just absolutely decimated the populations. And they they haven't come back. No, they haven't come back to the massive amounts that they were. But on on the upside of that, we've gotten a lot of grasslands back. We've got a lot of uh, uh, trees and vegetation that was completely decimated because the population was too high at the time. 
And they narrowed it down a little bit there. <laughs> they, and like 12. Yeah, they narrowed it down. No, we've got a lot of bison here in Texas. A lot of a lot of farmers and ranchers have grown bison. And well, and you can buy it now commercially. You can you buy can, it. There's, there's a market for it. Um, and I think it's not like extinct or anything. So... Um, but this is just another – it's just like white-tailed deer. The yeah. numbers were way down. Now you can't go anywhere without, you know, having swerve around one or – well, actually, don't swerve. Yes, um, run straight into them. But I FL- thought that was a cool – I thought that was a cool deal that yeah. the grizzlies in the Yellowstone ecosystem have reached a number where some guy, man. Can you imagine hunting grizzly oh. bear in Yellowstone? The rule the the rules that apply for the twenty eighteen grizzly bear hunt bag limit one grizzly bear except no female grizzly bear accompanied by young male young may be taken and no young grizzly bears accompanied by adult grizzly bears. Use of dogs or attract or pursue grizzly is prohibited. Grizzly uh, hunting grizzly bears over bait is illegal and no electronic calls. So in other words, you gotta hunt that bad boy. That's right. FLW uh, Cup starts August 10th through the 12th in Arkansas, Hot Springs, Arkansas. So cool check that out. Deal. A great event. Uh, yes. We'll be we'll be covering that. Um, so you can check it out on live as well. It's uh, it's a must see. It's it's one of the biggest uh, championships in all the world. Three hundred thousand dollars first place prize in the FLW Cup starting August 10th. All right, folks, this week's Bible verse comes from Jeremiah seventeen fourteen. Heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved. For you are the one I praise. Live it, love it, learn it. I'm Cody Ryan. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go to church and then uh, go check my uh, bilge pump, make sure it's working on my boat. Hey, good idea. This is TJ. I want to just encourage you, go find a good Bible-based church out there in your community somewhere and be a part of that. Uh, Grab a kid there in that church uh, or start a hunting and fishing ministry in your church. You can do that. A hunting and fishing ministry in your church, you can do it. We'll give you everything you need to do it. It's kidsoutdoorzone.com, kidsoutdoorzone.com. This week, grab that kid, get them off the couch, take them for a walk in the park, show them the birds, the trees, uh, take them hunting, take them fishing. We don't care what it is as long as you get them into the great outdoor zone. That's it for us this week. We'll be back live again. Go, Don't forget, go to iTunes and Facebook to check us out, the Outdoor Zone. Uh, all right, I'm headed to church. Mrs. Graney, see you in a few minutes. Uh, salt Dog, thank you. Regulators, mount up. We came from the West Virginia coal mines and the Rocky Mountains and the Western skies. And we can skin a buck. We can run a Are you feeling old, low energy?